when you base your life out of fear or anything other than like your heart and your your truth you the universe gives you these signs so it's like I kept getting like these like big signs being hit by cards like having massive huge like you know friendship breakups and like losing my job and like all of this kind of stuff that was just the universe being like live your truth you know <laughs> first met you I guess as a yoga teacher and it's just like it's a pretty unique atmosphere you build at on power yoga with the real social vibes uh, and like re people regularly going out to, to chai and just socializing after the classes yeah, that's, nice. that's something I haven't experienced before um, and so just the backstory behind why we're talking now is is we were at chai after a yoga class and I was sitting down with, with Julia, our friend, talking with her about this topic around uh, feeling selfish when we're taking care of ourselves. Uh, taking care of ourselves in the way of like, listening to our needs and like, taking action on them. And I was just like brainstorming a few points with her and then you were leaving, I think, and you were like, you were saying, oh, you're writing down some, some core limiting beliefs. And I'm like, oh no, this is, these are notes for the podcast. You're like, well, interview me, interview, <laughs> interview me. I need to talk. I need to be heard. And I was really interested by that. I, I bullied you into it. Yeah, I feel completely <laughs> bullied right now. I, I would apologize, but I was just taking care of myself. So <laughs> no apologies necessary. You feel like you need to be heard more, like you need to. I think I said, <laughs> I was a bit excited, but I think I said that I need to be heard by more people because sometimes the things I have to say are, are poignant and I can, I've had a lot of experiences and I feel like I've been alone in those experiences and I'm not because the more that I talk about them, the more I realize that other people have had the same thing. They just don't talk about them. So if I can be the first <laughs> to talk about everything, then other people can be open to opening up. Uh, and I experienced that exact thing yesterday after a yoga class where I'm, I'm fairly open with what I'm, what's going on in my life um, or what has gone on in my life and the lessons I've learned from it. And I bring that into each yoga class. And there's a girl that's been coming who I actually haven't had that many interactions with, but um, she asked to speak to me after class and she basically broke down in tears um, and started talking about her little journey um, with self-love and self-care and, and self-compassion and that kind of stuff. And, and she was just like, you know, I started coming here and I met you and the things that you say are so amazing and you're changing my life and you're inspiring me. And like she was just so emotional and so happy and she was like, I'm going to call my firstborn Eve and all this other stuff. It was amazing because, yeah, that's the exact reason that I um, open myself to the vulnerability of 
um, my struggle with self-care and self-love and self-compassion and all of that kind of stuff um, so that I can show other people that like there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you know everyone more or less is going through some kind of struggle and um yeah I'll, I'll cut myself off there <laughs> um uh there's like a really beautiful word for it and I can't remember the exact meaning but it's um sonder have you heard that word before I've heard it from you oh from me <laughs> so it's like um the overwhelming feeling that you get when you realize that every person that you see and and that is passing you by every stranger is living a life as complex and intricate and you know with as many struggles and and joys and everything as your own so it's a perfect description for that feeling that you get that overwhelming rush of like emotion and realization and awareness so yeah i realize as you're talking i don't actually know about your journey (laughs) it's expansive it's big I can tell, but is it possible to give some kind of summary on the more significant events of your life leading up to this point right now? Uh, yeah, I can definitely give you some give you some dot points relative to the topic. <laughs> um, oh man, have you heard the squeaky wheel gets the grease? So for that. Um, that little saying it means like you wouldn't put grease on the on the wheel that isn't squeaking on your bicycle you know and um and I was a really good kid like just super good really talented really smart all kinds of wonderful and um and I was really easy and my mom thought she'd have another kid because she was like I don't know what people are complaining about (laughs) children being hard and um then she got my brother and he was the squeaky wheel (laughs) and um so he got all of this attention um and I was like often ignored and neglected and you know just left to my own devices and left to more or less raise myself um which was really scary I was pretty oblivious to uh some really important life lessons and like concepts and that kind of thing and I I had to figure it out in this non-linear way which has made me quite an unusual person you know um you know, there's all of these early childhood memories and, and usually some of your earliest memories, you realize that uh, they shaped you, you know, like some of your earliest memories are the ones that are actually scars, like a lot of the time, even if you don't realize it, but if you think about it, so if you think back, oh, you're like, okay, yeah, that was a scarring time. And um, like, I've got all these early memory scars that um, have given me these things called limiting core beliefs you know the things that make you say I'm not good enough because of this or that and um one of my biggest ones was I'm not good enough because I'm uh defective or I don't feel heard or I don't feel safe um and that's kind of like giving me these gifts um these kind of gifts of compensation um so it's like the the limiting core belief of not feeling heard I'm like constantly now talking and entertaining and like you know when people uh, are around like I usually am the center of attention and they'll gather around to listen to what I have to say you know because I made sure uh, after not feeling heard by my mother or, or my father or anything throughout my life that I always had something interesting about myself to talk about or to 
like reveal about my personality. So all of these skills and traits and, you know, wonderful things actually come from a place of lack, you know? Yeah. And, um, so same with feeling like unsafe or unstable or second best or defective, you know, all of these things, even though it's not, not true, you know, obviously like I was easy and my mom saw me as like a relief, you know, she was like, Oh, thank goodness that one of my kids isn't difficult. But as a child, you can't understand something that complex. So it's like, um, my brother is getting this attention and therefore I am less than him or therefore I am defective or, you know, I'm unsafe and because he's better and, you know, at any point they could throw me down a river or something, you know what I mean? Um, so there was, there was those kinds of things. And, um, I compensated a lot just by being super nice and, and generous and they're one of my gifts, but, um, but that comes from a place of wanting to be liked. So, even though like I really enjoy the gift of giving and being generous and kind and loving and compassionate, I show all these to others, but I often run out of time to show them to myself. Um, and like when I do try to take time for myself, I feel guilty because I've set this precedent of being generous and, and like with my time and my money and my friendship and all of that stuff. And so when it comes to a time of being in need or asking for help or like needing time for myself to do my things. Um, I often find that I can't, like I, I'm just overwhelmed with guilt and all of these feelings that um, logically I know are completely ridiculous and invalid, but you can't just change the, <laughs> you know, change your core belief. Um, you can only balance it with positive core beliefs, you know? So, um, but anyway, the the rest of the journey. So yeah, there was a lot of like um, rejection and abandonment and uh, bullying and all of that kind of stuff in high school because it was a little bit different. So there was that shaping time and um, also being like quite overweight my whole life as well in spite of being very healthy and very active. Like it was just this thing that, you know, it's like a genetic thing, I guess. Um, and... So it got to a point of being fed up and I was like, look, I, I can't like be active and healthy anymore because I'm still getting bullied like I'm a lazy fat person. So I'm just going to be a lazy fat person. So I kind of took that path for a while and just was a bit like just a bit of a bit of a jerk, I guess, like uh, for a period of time. And then I got hit by a car. Um, <laughs> I was driving a scooter and I got hit by a car and I like sustained all these kind of like really hectic injuries. It took a long time to heal. And then three days later I got bitten by a white tail spider. And then three days after that, I was in another car accident and I was like, I feel like the universe is trying to tell me something. <laughs> so you were hit by a car, you were riding a scooter and th three days after that, you were bitten by a white tail spider for anyone that doesn't know. The bites from a white-tailed spider are really insane. Like, did you get that flesh-eating yeah, thing? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you've got a nasty scar somewhere. Yeah, you want to see it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. So pretty. Wow. Yummy. Yummy, <laughs> juicy. Um, and then three days after the spider bite, you were hit. Uh, you were in a car accident. Mm -hmm. I got that right. Mm -hmm. 
what? <laughs> yeah, so I was a bit like, the world is trying to kill me. <laughs> so, uh, yes, that's one interpretation. <laughs> so um, I had a lot of time to, to think and recover and took a good hard look at myself and made some big changes, you know, like told some people how I felt, broke up with my partner and um, all under the influence of painkillers. But... <laughs> So, but it was necessary, you know, and then, um, like decided to go traveling and kind of have a, have a get to know of myself and do some things for myself, which was good. But I still, like, I was still always searching for this purpose, you know, um, and I found that like most of the decisions I was making, um, were based on fear. So, or the process of elimination. So I was like, okay. Maybe I'll try this degree because it's the least bad one <laughs> I can think of. So I, I tried studying psychology for like half a semester and I just wasn't wasn't happy doing it. I didn't see a positive end to it. And, and then I tried acupuncture and I was like, okay, it's not exactly what I want to do, but it's got more security. And so I always came back to like, okay, I'm doing this because of the end result. Like, I'm not doing this based on love, based on this is what I want, this is what I truly desire. And then I tried to figure out what it was that I did want and what I did desire. And everything over this took years for me to come to the realization, like probably six years. I remember six years ago, I hadn't even done yoga. And I was like, I think I want to be a yoga teacher. And, um, and I was like, that's ridiculous. You're so like defective, you know, you're overweight, like you're um, not flexible, you're injured from this car accident, like you, there's just no way anyone would ever take you seriously as a yoga teacher, you're covered in tattoos, you know, it's like you're not normal, you're not a normal yoga teacher, that's another life for when you come back as a skinny blonde, you know. <laughs> and, um, so I kept pushing at the back of my mind and then, um, and then uh, I'm a chef as well, I should have mentioned that, but um so I kept working as a chef and, uh, and I kept getting in these situations. When you base your life out of fear or anything other than like your heart and your, your truth, you, the universe gives you these signs. So it's like I kept getting like these like big signs, being hit by cars, like having massive, huge, like, you know, friendship breakups and like losing my job and like all of this kind of stuff that was just the universe being like, live your truth you know <laughs> and um and I remember I was working really hard at this managing this cafe with my friends and um and I was just being like totally disrespected and like not paid and like working you know 50 or 60 hours a week and um it was just really hard and they were just like real bullies you know to each other and it was just all this politics and I was like thinking man I've been in this hospitality game for 10 years already like I just can't like it's not me anymore I can't deal with it and um I just had this like this psychotic break where I was just like I'm I'm out I'm leaving like right in the middle of service and I looked at Hannah who I barely knew she was my barista and I was like hey do you want to quit with me and go to Bali and she was like hell yeah and then Julia was there as as a customer and as someone that worked with um with my mom and she barely knew us and she was like can I come <laughs> and I was like totally so the three of us girls never really 
having known each other that well, just jumped on a plane to Bali. Um, and then the good signs started to happen. Like went to Bali, went to this yoga bar and, and I just did all of these classes. Um, and I'd only done a little bit of yoga beforehand. And, um, and I was like, this feels so right. And then a volcano erupted and we got stuck there for longer. And I was like, I feel like this is a good sign. <laughs> this is what I meant to be doing. So I sat and I journaled and I meditated and I was like, I think I want to be a yoga teacher. And Hannah looked at me and she was like, me too. And I got back to Perth and I was like, that's what I want. Like, I'm going to start basing my life, my decisions on love instead of fear. And, um, and I signed up straight away for this really well-reviewed yoga teacher training. Um, and Hannah, Hannah was like, I want to do it with you, you know? Um, and I believe in Hannah, like hundred percent, you know, she's an amazing yoga teacher now. And I was like, you have to do it. She's like, oh, you know, I can't afford it. I don't know what I'm doing. I want to move to Lombok, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, just do it. And I lo loaned her the money and we did it together and it was amazing. Yeah. So that's that. <laughs> yeah. Just short and sweet. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I developed all of these these qualities and these skills to try and make myself into a different, more like interesting person. I, I have this like, you know, aversion to being average, which comes from the limiting core belief, you know, like I can't think of anything worse than being average. Um, even though I don't believe that, I don't believe that to be true for anybody else. Um, and I found like the best way for me to balance when I'm in my limiting core belief kind of, um, you know, moments of self-doubt and um, all of that, you know, it comes up all the time, like in, in front of a yoga class and everything when you're standing in front of 20 people and you're like, ah, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm a fraud, all of that stuff. Um, I, I use my balancing core beliefs, which are really like embellished. So, you know, I'll be like in this belief of feeling average and then I'll be like, no, I am the honey badger, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it'll just bring you right out of it because you're like yeah the honey badger is badass like the honey badger don't give a fuck so. <laughs> where does the honey badger come from i don't know this reference at all <laughs> um okay so you have to watch this youtube video about the honey badger um it's just like all of this footage of, of a honey badger just basically being like a hectic crazy animal just like this is the honey badger Watch it run in slow motion. It's pretty badass. Look, it runs all over the place. Whoa, watch out, says that bird. Ew, it's got a snake. Oh, it's chasing a jackal. Oh my gosh. Oh, the honey badgers are just crazy. The honey badger has been referred to by the Guinness Book of World Records as the most fearless animal in all of the animal kingdom. It really doesn't give a shit. If it's hungry, it's hungry. Ew, what's that in its mouth? Oh, it's got a cobra. Oh, it runs backwards. Now watch this. Look, a snake's up in the tree. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give a shit. It just takes what it wants. Whenever it's hungry, it just, ew, and it eats snakes. Oh my God, watch it dig. Look at that digging. <laughs> you know, so it's like unstoppable. It's the most hectic creature ever. And um, yeah, so if I connect with the honey badger, I feel like, yeah, I can teach a yoga class because a honey badger could teach a yoga class. He wouldn't care. <laughs> If you if you find me laughing halfway through a yoga class, you'll know why now. Because I'll just imagine you visualizing honey badger mode. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, just wanted to dive back.
back into um, like I str- I struggle with and I have str- it's been one of the hardest things that I've had to do going from this place of not taking care of my needs not listening not tuning in and listening to what I need and then that transition to actually listening and actually taking action on them has been one of the scariest most fear-filled transitions I've made on this journey to more authentic expression and self-love and I was like why is that why why was that so difficult and that's why I wanted to talk about it today just to give other people who are about to embark on this or like halfway through or like wondering why it was so hard for themselves and they're already on the other side I want to offer some clarity and some maybe some helpful tips on how to make it easier or like how to deal with people I think this is a huge thing how to deal with people who don't want you to change, who don't want you to take care of yourself because to them it's a threat. To them, if you change, suddenly their system of relating to you is threatened. Have you got a moment in mind or an interaction in mind where you've felt this drive to take care of your needs and known, okay, if I listen to this, it could cause quite an upset with whoever it is, your partner, a friend, your boss, but still done it anyway? Yeah. um, (laughs) It's an interesting question for me because um, it's hard. It's, It's difficult definitely to do that. If a relationship isn't serving me anymore on my new path, um, if I feel like those people aren't actually good people, I have no qualms with just straight up cutting them out and, and burning a bridge. And that is um, according to a lot of my friends and partners and stuff. That in itself is an issue. Um, okay, you, you said burning the bridge. Yeah. So that sounds like not such a nice thing. It isn't, but sometimes, okay, so <laughs> I'm not the first person to ask about this because I, I will burn the bridge, like, absolutely, with no looking back. That's not the best way to go about things, um, but the best way to go about things, even though it's so scary, is to be honest with the people in your life, like, and most of the time they're not going to understand because they're not on the same path as you, they're most likely um, not even awake. You know, if you've come from from being in a regular, like, you know, life just in airplane mode, pilot mode, <laughs> whatever. Like, it, autopilot. Autopilot, there you go. <laughs> just, um, just existing, like, and going with the motions and, and doing, you know, the things that you're, like being the person you're told to be or be the, being the person that people are telling you to be. And then suddenly you wake up and your eyes are open and you delve into a totally different path, whatever that may be. Um, Like those other people didn't experience that. They don't, they're not ever going to understand the complexities of the emotions and, and thoughts and everything surrounding that. And so just for you to try to articulate that is, um, it is, it seems like an attack on their lifestyle and their choices. Um, and a lot of the time they're not going to respond well to it, but that's part of just living your truth, like letting go of that, which does not serve you. So it's sad to let go. Um, and it's hard, but it's been some of the most beneficial things to me in my life is to let go of these relationships. 
and um yeah sometimes you know like people and things come into your life for a certain period and you you learn and you grow and and you experience that and then um you have to practice non-attachment you know that's another another one of those yoga things it's just like you can't be attached to anything because that is in itself a fear-based thing so um letting go opens doors to new people and new possibilities and new um, opportunities and all that that kind of stuff so um yeah it's it's hard but find someone find like my tip is to find someone that is on the same path as you like whether that be like a mentor or someone that's just into the same stuff as you or someone that's experienced it they're out there um and talk to them about it and be inspired by them and let them mentor you in a way um and be a guide and be a support for the other side like the other side of fear what you want is the other side of fear you know the other side of fear yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's usually love but yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting how when I've always taken that action from that loving place for myself, maybe it is to remove myself from a person, a relationship or whatever. It's interesting how once I have done that and taken the action to honor that feeling, how positive all these things around me, like other people start coming into my life. The fact is the feeling of well-being, that sense of well-being and sort of like empowerment is huge. And it all like that you can't like it's like telling you yeah you're on the right track that was that was a good thing to do and I guess one of the things I've done to help myself make a decision whether to say stay at a party or leave like say it's my best friend's party and I'm just really not feeling it and I'm tired I have to go to work tomorrow like early early but I'm worried that if I leave like it's their birthday and if I leave they'll be like what the hell why is Ben leaving does he not love me? Does he not care? Is he angry with me? What's going on? But in my mind, I know none of those things are true. I just need to, I'm just not feeling it anymore. I'm tired. So I have two options. I probably have many more than that. But in this case, two. To stay or to leave. If I stay, my friend will be happy. Everything will be good. But then I'll just be like resentful and like feeling like I shouldn't be here and not be able to enjoy myself anyway. And if I leave, I'll feel good. I'll feel like I'm taking care of myself. I'll be able to get enough sleep for work tomorrow. Awesome. But my friend will be like, what the hell? I'll probably get a call in the morning and we'll have some fight. So I imagine the outcomes of each decision and see what feels better inside me, mm. which is really hard to do when, like you can't keep everyone happy. Mm. It's just not possible. But I think if a friend can't understand why you are taking care of why you need to go home and rest then that's another issue in itself well a big part of that understanding is just um communication you know so like i mean you can definitely can't expect um you know a friend to understand what is happening in your mind like with all of that like outcomes and all of that, that kind of stuff they just see what's on the surface but if you're quite like open and honest which I know that you are quite good at communicating you've given your friend the understanding and they can choose to take it and understand it or leave it and not and um I have like two super quick <laughs> stories um 
when I was talking about Hannah before and her decision to come to Bali for me that time, I used like uh, one of my old tricks <laughs> um, and I was like, flip a coin, like let fate decide, you know. But the, the trick of the coin is that like you can find out what it is that you want if you get the side of the coin that you didn't want. You know, so if you're having trouble like connecting with what you truly desire and what you truly want, you're overwhelmed with the outcomes. Like that, that's what I was saying. Like base, basing things on the outcome, basing decisions on the outcome is like not the best way to do it, you know, because the outcomes are just littered with conditioning and littered with emotion and, and thought and overthinking it. You know, you got to underthink it and flip a coin and, and realize w what it is like the the first step the outcome of the first step that's like what you want when you say first step like that yeah. initial yeah. response like so that it's like i am leaving the party and then immediately connecting with that feeling oh that feels good yeah i'm going rather than like and then what's the outcome and how do i feel about that oh okay yeah, yeah. i realized how yeah. i described it was quite a mental process yeah. but actually uh it is it is a very emotional process it's very like intuitive so you like try on the different options and see how see how they feel literally yeah yeah exactly <laughs> try it on and um yeah well Hannah flipped the coin and she got uh she got Bali like yes for Bali and she was so happy and I was like there's your answer like the rest falls into place the rest will figure it out but you just go to Bali and figure it out and um yes she did the same thing with the teacher training flipped the coin got the no and was like, oh, and I was like, go to the teacher training. That's what you want. Like, it's so easy to see now, like, and connect with that emotion. And, um, that's so interesting. It's like, we, we always know, yeah. like we'd know, even if we don't think we know, we know, like somehow our bodies know or our, our yeah. souls know exactly. if you want to go there. You know? Yeah. I'm always on about the body's deep wisdom, but, um, there's another little, um, little story of the Buddha. I don't know if I've told you this one, but, um, there was this man who came up to the Buddha and he said he was angry he was like what gives you the right to say these teachings you know this is like blasphemy this is like you know you think you're better than us you're just like a lazy man and all of these things was just like seething with rage toward the buddha and the buddha stopped him and was was like if you bought me a gift and i didn't want the gift so I didn't take it from you. Who does the gift belong to? And he was like, well, it belongs to me. I bought it. It's my gift, my money. And the Buddha said, well, that's the same with, with anything, with anger. If you deliver me anger and I don't want it, then who does it belong to? I haven't taken it on. It's, it's yours. So it, for me, that's the same with, with understanding and, and, you know, with information and with, with, you know, love with everything. If you, if you give someone if you say, look, this is what I need for my self-care and they choose to not take it, like, you know, that's their issue. If they, in, in reverse, if they choose to give you their non-understanding and their, their anger or spite or like sadness or whatever and you choose not to take it because you know that you've done the right thing for you, then it still belongs to them and that's theirs to deal with and you can't connect with that guilt. You know, you can't feel the guilt of that because you've been true and honest with yourself. Yeah. That's big stuff. <laughs> All right. We're coming to the end. Um, whoa. Yeah. And I just want to add on top of what you just said, 
because I learned that, okay, so no one can make you feel any other way than you allow them to make you feel. Um, and I used to think, okay, so if someone's a bit shitty at me, I can just ignore them and just like literally shut a door in their face. And I tried that, but they got, <laughs> they got even more angry <laughs> because I was still having a reaction to that and sort of coming from a fear-based place of like, oh, that's unpleasant, but it doesn't belong to me. Get out of here. So there's still a bit of aggression, not aggression, but just insensitivity. Mm -hmm. So I guess this is like one step beyond what you just said, a little bit subtler. So for those who are ready for it, they can practice it. But also being like, okay, they're having their reaction to what I've just requested I need, like an early night or some time alone. And they're like, what, why? Like, I thought we were going to hang out tonight. Uh, we, you know, we never get to hang out. I was like, okay, cool. They're having a reaction. I know I'm doing the right thing for myself, but I'm choosing not to just slam the door in their face and be like sort of throw it back at them, just sort of let it pass through and be like, cool. I can see you're really upset, but, and just repeat your need. Like, but I really do need this time. So you're not like fueling their fire of like resentment or even saying, sorry, I'm so sorry. And being kind of like feeding the thought that maybe you are doing something wrong. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Just, yeah, practicing like a active listening and, and then expressing yourself honestly and openly. That's a beautiful, powerful thing. Like, and I, I've seen you do it with me as well, where, <laughs> where I've been like, come on, do this with us. And you're like, I would love to, but I really need to do this for myself. And then I'm like, nah, come on. <laughs> And then you just repeat it. And then I'm like, oh, I guess he does really need that. Okay, well, I, I should respect that. <laughs> you know, and then all's, all's good. Like the, like usually uh, uh, my mentor, Rusty, his way of coping with this kind of thing is to think of the worst case scenario. He was like, just think of the absolute worst case scenario. This person like is so angry at you that they stab you and you die. You know, that's the worst case scenario then think of the probability of, of that happening. And then everything above that is just great. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, <laughs> I can't quite get my head around that, that theory, but I respect and, and love him as as a really intelligent person. So there's there must be something to that, you know. He even said it to me this morning. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, it it wor it works. I mean, works. I have done that. Imagine like the worst thing that could possibly happen, like <laughs> logically possibly happen yeah. and maybe even embellish it a little bit with yeah. even more fear and be like, okay, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So things are looking pretty good. Yeah. And even like, I mean, the worst case scenario that could actually happen that, that I mean, everything could happen, but the worst case scenario that could actually happen in the, the instance he was talking about with me today is that... Um, I mess up something whilst I'm teaching yoga and like, I mean, that's not so bad. I do that every day and I just say, just kidding, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's, it's not about the, the fall. It's about how you get up and brush yourself off and uh, humor. Humor is key. That's my, that's my hot tip. I decided <laughs> for, for the whole thing, take everything with, with humor and don't take yourself too seriously. Wow. <laughs> I knew today was going to be quite a dynamic talk. Like I, th I didn't know where we we're going to go, <laughs> but wow, we've got we've covered some pretty cool territory. And you're about to. No, you're not about to head off to teach a yoga class. No. No, you're going somewhere else. So, forget I said that. 
forgotten. <laughs> cool. I don't even know where I am anymore. <laughs> How am I going to get home? You'll find a way. <laughs> What's the worst case scenario? <laughs> I'll just roam the street in a half day's state, just screaming your name. I, uh, I have that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eve, thanks for talking with me today. And I learned a lot. Thank you, too, for having me and letting me be heard. Awesome. Cool. At nighttime, the honey badger goes hunting because it's hungry. Look, here comes a fierce battle between a king cobra and a honey badger. I wonder what will happen. Look at this.